0: Aqua, so It's Welcome been how many weeks?
1: Three. We've been out for three weeks. <laughs> like it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a It's been a long three weeks, and people have been tweeting at me and saying, "Guys, when is the podcast? When is the next one?" And all that. Um, apologies, it was by no fault of ours. Yes, we had logistical issues, <laughs> but we're back, and we're back, and we're better. And we, the first episode being back, we have a lot of superstars for you. Sure. A lot of celebrities <laughs> for you. To listen to so we're recording this at the Four Loop Africa event Up at ISpace. Space. Um, the Made in Ghana event and it was focused on developers and the developer community in Ghana. And we had about six speakers, but we're able to steal about four. Sure. <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> and um, with us this afternoon, I would want to introduce them, I but mean, let them I feel introduce like Before them. we
0: before we even like introduce, we have to speak yeah. about what For Loop is.
1: Okay, exactly. Yeah. Fine. Um, For Loop is the largest, or uh, positions itself as the largest independent developer network in Africa. That okay. is the aim. That is the goal. Um, they've launched in Nigeria, Ghana, Uganda, Kenya, and, you know, the rest of Africa to come. <laughs> you know, in the coming <laughs> months and years, by God's grace. And today was a Made in Ghana event, Um I, l- I listened to everybody, yeah. and it was amazing. You know, even me being a developer myself, although I differed But <laughs> <laughs> to a different angle, um, y- it's it's really amazing the fact that even though you're a developer in Nigeria, you're a developer in Uganda, Kenya, wherever you are, as I think it was Ridwan that said that code is borderless. Wherever you are, code standards remain the same. Mm. The 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 rules that, that to apply the do's and don'ts uh, are but don't like your
0: environment affect your perspective um
1: i think your i think your environment just determines w- who you're building for and what you're building i don't think i don't think the, the rules change you know but i think let's let's sure, let these yeah. guys <laughs> answer that right um with us here is neo neo godaro um, he is the CTO at Hotels.ng, Nigeria's biggest online booking platform, and he does a lot of other amazing stuff. So he told us that he was an ambassador for Earth Zero. I need you to please explain what ambassador means and what how much you are getting. That's that's yeah. important. <laughs> that
0: <laughs> and also, what's the difference between ambassador and evangelist? Because okay. we hear about that a lot in like the tech community. I mean, either an ambassador or an, I'm an evangelist. Okay. <laughs>
2: So hi guys um this is my first time in ghana and to be honest it's actually been a great experience i'm looking forward to coming back with my friends in december to have a vacation
0: Uh, you heard it first (laughs) here obviously he'll be booking on hotels (laughs) yeah actually you know
2: (laughs) so um yeah so like i like he said i'm the cto at hotels on ng i also work as um, ambassador at odd zero and algolia I'm also a technical writer at Pusha. So the difference there's actually no difference between um, ambassador and evangelist. It's just people get very touchy about the word evangelist. Mm. They feel it should be used in a yes, in a Christian setting. So some companies refrain from using that word and they rather use the ambassador thing which kind of makes sense. And I'm not Reading really on anybody's parade, but it kind of makes sense to be more sensitive about things like that. So those companies decide to use ambassador, and I feel more comfortable with that. I mean, I don't want anybody feeling any negative thing. Uh, so that's the major difference.
1: It's just the word itself. Yeah. yeah. And um, what does being an ambassador entail?
2: Um. So, generally, what you're what you're supposed to do is talk about their products, um, but not in an advertising manner. Yeah. When you, when you subscribe to being an ambassador for a company, it's mostly because you've seen the value it could give. So I've used Auth0 for a while, and I've also used Algolia for my projects. And I can see how much it can help developers' life easier. Like, I've actually used um, Elasticsearch. I've built things on Elasticsearch. I've built things on um, Apache, Solar, or I've forgotten the name. Is it Solar? But they both do the same things. Like, they, they work with search. I've used Sphinx, too. And I figured out that using Algolia actually abstracts most of those things, just like a framework for search. So it takes away all that headache of having to set up, like, elastic and all those things. Like, it takes away all those edge cases. And it just gives me a service that I can run with. So I've seen the value of using these products, and that's why I subscribe to be an um, evangelist. So it's not like I'm just going to start marketing for them up and down. I already know, and I'm building products with these things. I write about them, and it's all about making their... Um, other developers' lives um, interesting. And um, and it's even not only about their product. That's the funny part. So, for instance, Odd 0 could um, sponsor a trip to speak at a conference. Yeah, and maybe... Um, I have one in South Africa. Mm. They could also sponsor one to go in maybe Mexico or San Diego. You get... Like, they actually empower you to go and talk about other things that might not even be very related, related to, to them. them. Yeah. So, I'm talking about security. It's not only Odd 0 It could be anything... Mm. But as long as it's somewhere in their range, you get like um, or zero deals in security. I'm speaking about security. You get that's good enough for them. I don't have to shout or zero. Yeah, I take their banners there and just represent. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be about their products.
1: Okay, that's that's a lot. Man. Yeah. That's that's. <laughs> I just hear money. That's <laughs> All I'm just hearing is money. Uh, um, they're
0: they're taking off his flights, uh, f- hotels, <laughs> yeah. five
1: stars, of course, and let's 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 (laughs) let's end it there (laughs) and also we have michael soli with us um see i feel weird calling him michael soli because he used to be my lecturer so i feel very very weird but um michael soli is a lecturer at the university of ghana legon computer science department he's also a full stack full stack developer because he does all that he does everything as in chale everything and amongst other things Welcome, yes. Mike. Uh, thank you. How are you?
3: Uh, fine, thank you. How not was at
1: all. How was your crowd at the For Loop? How did you think they received your... Um,
3: I think the reception was okay. I was a bit skeptical when I came in because of the kind of presentation that the one before me gave. Mm-hmm. It was more general. But I felt that what if the audience were not well positioned to sort of consume my presentation that's because true. I felt it was a bit technical okay. talking about object orientation, talking about classes, inheritance. If you are not in that space, it's like yeah. gibberish. That's so true. I felt that there was going to be a challenge. So I had to really like rethink the way I was going to present it so that it wouldn't sound too boring to people who are not very familiar with um, the ecosystem.
1: That's that's. But r- what do you think... Or what's your opinion about what for loop is doing? And I mean, now that they've launched in Ghana, do you think that there is a community here that can take it up and continue, you know, without people like Ridwan or Neil having to come here every time there needs to be a talk? You know, what do you think about what they're doing? And do you think there's people who can do yes, that? Yes,
3: yes. I think, um, first of all, it's a very good initiative. Okay. And... One of the things I think can happen is looking at the numbers that turned out today, it's very encouraging. And I know that there are people out there, like myself, who are willing to help if they see the potential, if they see the light. So I think that the kind of light that 4 has brought today is a light that can be kept ablaze for a very long time because of the way it was started. I sure. mean, I see people here that I didn't think would come for a program like this. I saw quite a number of my students, so I'm actually impressed with the whole for loop idea. I had a bit of chat with Widwan and he told me about the whole vision for for loop and I think that it's something we should all embrace. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about tech communities, it looks like um, most Ghanaian tech communities are a bit laid back. That's my opinion, personal opinion. And then we don't collaborate much. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be in his own space. Mm-hmm. So with For Loop coming in, seeing a lot of familiar faces as mm-hmm. well as faces from Nigeria, mm-hmm. and you see the, the whole enthusiasm with which they are coming to, I mean, help, yeah. then it means that it, it will give some, like, anybody who wants to be a part of this thing some sense of assurance that, yeah. okay, they belong to a family, That's how I see it, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Neil, you've been here like less than 24 hours, right? Welcome to Ghana again. Um, I think within that period, you've been able to like talk with some of the people in the tech space and um, mingle with them and even speak to them and, you know, teach them a few things. And I don't know if you've been able to use any tech products or a tech app since you've been here. Um, But generally... What's the startup scene like for you here?
2: Um, to be honest, it's too early, mm-hmm. like because we got in to Ghana around um, eleven, eleven something. Yeah, yeah. But before now, I've I've talked to a lot of people, especially Ora, because he used okay. to he used to work at um, hotels, hotels at N G before. Um, so he told me like the scene here, uh, especially after I did the G D G thing. Yeah, like it's it's very young, but young is very good because you That's have true. the you have the chance to push it in a direction in a very good direction Al- although you can also mess it up too <laughs> <laughs> but you have a very unique chance to push it in the direction in which yeah. it needs to go you already have examples of people who have done it like okay. you already have something to work with okay. and i think with what i've seen today okay. it's a very good direction like it's going in the right way okay. yeah we had to make a couple of mistakes when we started okay. yeah. yeah but we auto corrected pretty quickly but we can Replicates uh, like every country can literally replicate each community the way like it should have been okay. from the beginning because other people made the mistakes which is a good thing um i've not had the chance to test any okay. products any okay. native products yeah but i would say there's a very big chance in ghana like if I had what is here, yeah. Like I'm <laughs> just going to be very direct. Like because we have problems with power yeah. and internet speed and everything. Yeah. When I came here, like I had neither of those problems. The internet speeds are hitting upwards of forty M B per second. Yeah. And what network? I actually don't know. Was, was it Wi Fi? Wi Fi. Oh, Wi Fi, yeah. okay. Okay. 40 MB per second. Like the lowest I saw was the one inside and it was about 20 or 7, between mm. 7 and 20. Like okay. it was, But that's really huge. Yeah. Coming from somewhere where the max is like <laughs> 1 MB per second if you're not using fiber <laughs> networks. True. Yeah. And there's always power. So, d- you have, it's like every, every single developer in Ghana has a very unique opportunity. Like you have power and like there's, n- those are the things that literally make a developer okay. internet and power. Like if you take away
1: those things, like you can't. And also I remember when you came in and you asked people, how many people are developers here? The whole, mm-hmm. everybody there raised their hand. Yeah. Everybody there is a developer in one language or the other. Yeah. But I, I was hoping you would follow up that question with, can I see what you built? Mm. Because there's tons of people that would tell you they're developers. Even see there's <laughs> there's tons of people that will tell you they're developers, but yeah. show me what you built. It's either it's non existent or it's still in source code or it's in one folder on their laptop. Do you understand? So I think the the thing here is they are not deploying what they're building or they're yeah. not pushing out what they're building or mm. you know, what are they really building? Do you understand? And then it's okay to have a community but there has to be products to show for it. Yeah. What do you think? Um I'm going to be very honest. What I think is, um, so it's almost like
2: working with children in in a sense. Yeah. I say that because the tech community is very young here. Yeah? Like this, there's nothing surprising about what's happening right now. <laughs> like it reminds me of like way back where you have, I have a lot of projects on my laptop that never saw the light of day. Yeah. But I think it's up to the tech leaders in quotes. Right, to actually pave the way. So it's said that children do not learn from what you tell them, they learn from what, you, what do. you do. So I feel if the people who are the, in quote again, leaders are like pushing out stuff, churning out stuff, I'm like, oh, see this thing I built, see this thing I built, see this thing I built. I think every other person would naturally just, you know, follow. And then am like, oh, ah, guys, okay, see what I built, too. <laughs> you know, it's not big, <laughs> but, you know. So I feel like that's usually the the progression, yeah. So I think it's up to, not up to the people who are starting up now. Like, they would be who they are. That's how we are. Like, that's how we all start up, yeah. But it's left to those who are generally the influencers to say, oh, I built this product. See this product. Can you guys contribute to it? And they'll be like, yeah, hey, hey, I built this one, too. I see it, you
0: know. Mm. That's what I feel is going to push the uh, in the right direction okay. so speaking about so speaking about like community right what would you say because you've seen different communities you've you've started one you've yeah. helped build others what would you say like are critical components of like a thriving tech community regardless of the environment or where you are what country you are in what would be some components
2: collaboration like that's the one word <laughs> i would give it to it like um the t- the community needs to be able to collaborate okay. yeah um, it's very easy to get selfish, we could. <laughs> it's very, very easy to get possessive and selfish, we could. Yeah. But once the community can embrace collaboration and mm-hmm. feel like your stuff is my stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, we are building this thing together i built it to this point but i'm getting tired of building it alone you guys should come and contribute to the source code it gets easier to manage because i remember when i was doing the laravel nigeria let me be very clear i'm a very solo developer by default yeah like that's my default setting and i feel a lot of developers are like that yeah when i was building the laravel nigeria website i did everything from a to z i told you they can contribute but i was doing it myself (laughs) right but then i started seeing people sending pull requests sending pull requests my only job was to merge. Yeah. yeah, and that was the only decision I had to make. Merge, and then I started seeing more and more and more, and all of a sudden it became a community thing. Okay. So I think again, it still goes back to those who are setting the, like the standards or moving the community forward. They have to give people the opportunity to actually partake in these things. Give people the opportunity to contribute and tell them, you know, I used to Um, Chris always says like, even if it's a readme, edit the readme file that is your contribution yes we agree like just contribute something that project that you use every time is it laravel is it bootstrap all of them are open source edit the readme and send it as a pull request right any like just once there's that idea of collaboration every other thing would generally fall into place i think
3: think? yeah i think so too i mean collaboration is key and that is what is killing most of the New programmers or newbie developers we have in our community. Yeah, this is because you easily hit a roadblock, and if you are in a in a in a team or you collaborate, yeah, there's definitely somebody who has met your issue before. Trust me. Yeah, every single roadblock you meet, somebody has met it before. True. I used to uh, mark myself. I used to mark myself this way when I started developing. Anytime I have an issue, I do a Google search. Mm -hmm. When the results come in, I look at the date that that question was asked by somebody, let's say Stack Overflow. Mm -hmm. And I realize that this question was asked in, when I started coding, that was in 2006. I see a question that was answered in like, let's say 2001. Or it was asked and answered in 95 or something of the sort. Then I feel like I'm we still we wish <laughs> I'm still ten years behind. So that means that these questions or these problems have been overcome a long time That's ago. That's true. That's true. So the next time, 2010, I'll look for. I have problems. I Google. Yeah. It's 2007. That was answered. So I yeah. feel like okay, I'm getting closer to the current times. That's true. By the time I get to 2012, 2013, all the questions I'm asking like on. Uh, Stack Overflow or something are very recent questions that are going around. Okay. So now my collaboration in that sense yeah. is Stack Overflow. But if I had an active community to work with, yeah. it means that if I meet a roadblock, say Chris has met something like that the yeah. previous year, oh, yeah. he'll tell you is go here and go here and go here and then you're through. That makes sense. You understand? That so I think sense. the collaboration part really, really helps. That makes sense. So that you don't spend a whole lot of time. Yeah. Sometimes reinventing the wheel. I mean, there are so many things that you can learn if you collaborate. And uh, I believe in the strength in numbers. Mm. I mean, if I can conquer 10 things mm-hmm. and I work with you, I mm-hmm. will not be able to conquer 20, but 100. That's true. So that's, true. that's the way to go, collaboration. Also, I
1: think... Um, not to take away the shine from the event, but it was focused a lot on developers, right? Um, I remember when he was teaching teaching us the basics of web dev, and Charlie, I used to then, I would just see a lot of websites. They were functional, but they were ugly. So I would, I, I started saying to myself, and then I think there was one summer where I said to myself, I really wanted to streamline and focus on what I wanted to do. Exactly. And I picked up UI UX. And I started doing a lot of that and I realized that in Ghana, apart from Joe, myself, and maybe one or two other people, there's really nobody that I can say, oh, if someone needs a UI UX designer and then I'm not available, you can go to this person, right? Exactly. And in Lagos, there's everything. There's literally everything. There's an overflow of everything. How, How do we start telling people that, look, if you're not a web dev, if you're not a developer, if you're not, you know, if you don't code, you can do front-end, do you understand? I know Iray put up a front-end conference, just front stack, and it was amazing. I was really, really proud to see that people were now giving specific exactly. themed events, you know. So how do we get people to realize that, or students especially, to realize that you don't have to be a PhD developer or a JS developer. You can actually be a front-end developer. You can do UI, UX, you can do design.
3: I think the starting point, in my opinion, is exposure. Mm -hmm. That's the first point. Yeah. Because take it from this angle. Growing up, all the careers you ever thought of were careers that were mentioned to you or you were exposed to. Yeah. Your father is either a doctor or a lawyer or what else? An engineer. Like, they were finite. Doctor, lawyer, (laughs) pilot, engineer. Worst case, teacher. (laughs) Worst case. (laughs) You understand, yeah, and that's what you were exposed to. So, I, I can tell you for a fact that 95% of developers now, yeah. once in their life, once upon a time in their lives, when they yeah. were in primary school, thought they will be doctors. That's true. Or they will be pilots. Me or included. They would be lawyers. Me included. Yes. I did. I
1: did my <laughs> CWES in a hospital. Oh. C- CWES is like secondary school because i wanted to be anyway you understand myself i wanted to be a medical
3: doctor from the beginning you understand but my life took a u-turn when i came to the university Mm -hmm. so it just tells you that we are not exposed to some of these things Mm. but now you can meet a fairly young uh, up-and-coming let's say student maybe first year in the university or final year of high school and the person has an idea of a different array of opportunities available, being hospitality, management. There are so many things you can do. All I'm trying to say is that now the exposure is there for them to know that careers are not limited to engineering and piloting Mm -hmm. and uh, being a lawyer. Mm -hmm. But then there are other things available. So I believe that we should be able to preach this be an ambassador or an evangelist mm-hmm. for front-end development and people mm-hmm. will gladly pick it up because there's not everybody who might be comfortable with code. That's true. But somebody is very comfortable with very nice UI. Mm-hmm. I mean, the person is able to do great designs. So if yeah. we're able to open their eyes yeah. in that direction, I believe we'll get a lot of people who will be ready. Because people are naturally True. creative, mm-hmm. but they've not had the chance or learned the tools that it takes to yeah. be creative, especially in the UI UX yeah. uh, space.
1: Neo, what do you think? Yeah,
2: I think exactly the same thing. Yeah, Exposure is very, very key. Um, I I remember when I had one of these interviews, Of one of the people that is the firm proponent of this so when people think tech they just think coding (laughs) and i like to tell people that it's not just coding like yes is coding is one of the aspects of tech but tech can be applied in every almost every scenario in life right so you have um people are not seeing this but you have different rules coming up from the same coding that we have all been streamlining towards you have people that are becoming technical writers so there's someone that's been he loved writing when he was young but who actually makes money off writing in africa yeah like it's a few people and then you you want to learn coding and then you kind of mix both of them and then you're a technical writer Mm -hmm. or you like talking to people about products and then you mix both of them and you become a digital marketer Mm -hmm. right i feel like there are many 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 opportunities in tech and it should never be streamlined into one aspect like not everyone can be coders not everyone should coders. Yeah. So the exposure to the different um opportunities, especially UI and UNE- UX, will generally push people because I feel those people are people who are they enjoy being creative. They enjoy expressing themselves creatively. But they want to also learn coding. And the good part with the way front end is going now is you can now actually do like with the same JavaScript that was supposed to be strictly you can now do some back-end stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now it's not like, hey, okay, I'm a back-end developer and uh, I'm front-end and I'm boring. You can now do some really amazing, an entire web app using the front-end language, which is JavaScript. So I think people being been exposed to the possibilities. And then if you're talking of UX and UI, um, being able to... Translate um, easy usage for for users. Being able to make people's life easier, like the backend guys only care about storing in the DB and creating logic. But being able to create a system that just works—in quotes, Apple. You guys should not sue me. (laughs) Yeah, it just works. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I actually admire Apple. Yeah, with all the noise people say, like their stuff just works. Like, it should just work. People shouldn't have to think about it. Exactly. Like, I want to use this website. Let it just work the way I want to. Yeah, and that's your job. That's a beautiful job to have. You know, be able to think about stuff and see before the back-end person. Because back-end people don't care. <laughs> like, we just, we just write code, yeah. So being able to translate that product into something everyone wants to use is actually an amazing thing. And I feel those that really enjoy it are the creative people. So making the creative people understand that, yes, we are doing coding. We are all gathered here for follow but trust me it's not just the back end people the front end people too need to be part of this loop and they need to come out because I know there are people out there like I'm very sure (laughs) I've seen I know like even in Nigeria there's some people that just you know they hide and everything and I know there are people out there you just need to come out and be like hey I'm a front end developer I did this I did that and then you start seeing some other people come out and then you start having a small community and then that small community becomes a bigger community and then all of a sudden everybody meets right in the middle and then you have a tech community yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes I mean
3: workshops and all these things we can organize seminars workshops yes, like and then you find, yeah. you find people you find people okay
1: so um, just one or two more questions because time is going um, okay let's look at the fact that people are saying that if you want to be a dev in Ghana for example you have to work for Vodafone you have to work for MTN. so you can be an entrepreneur bootstrap you know take your startup grind and then actually there has to be some rich uncle somewhere that is helping do you understand so but in lagos there's been a lot of exam very exemplary stories of (coughs) young people who even i think your boss uh, you know young people who just came with a dollar and a dream not literally but (laughs) who came with a dollar and a dream and they were able to build something out of nothing so being in ghana and seeing the things we see what do you think like is it possible to see first of all i know you uh, you'll be biased about this thing because the money in your account is plenty but, <laughs> but like what do you think really like do you think that you can have a dollar in your dream and the skill of coding and then be able to
3: yes i i believe so strongly mm-hmm. now the reason for saying this as you said is my own personal experience i mean i started making money from coding as far back as first year in the university I don't know if i can say this on the podcast if they won't arrest (laughs) me i was actually doing final year projects for the final year students wow when i Mm -hmm. was in first year Mm -hmm. so i never missed any of their presentations i'll go there see the technologies that are being used Mm -hmm. then the next academic year when i was in second year i'll know which technologies to go for in developing so i learned a lot Of development by developing for people Mm. now after developing for these people they go out there do national service do this do that they are exposed to the world the first person they call when they have any deal at all is Michael Mm. up to this point I can tell you for a fact that there has been no deal I have worked on that actually went to look for the deal myself Wow! even last night there's this uh, Mobius crypto one someone from there got my number from a colleague of mine who was working at Rancard. Yeah. And they contacted me for a deal. I have, like, the deals just keep coming in and it's all because I started well. And when I say I started well, I didn't wait till after school Mm -hmm. to start something. Okay. You have the time and the chance to make all the mistakes whilst you're still a student. That's true. So level 100, I was part of a a Methodist Presby Students' Union website committee. And the gentleman who was part of the committee only knew knew how to do HTML, CSS. That was the UI. Mm -hmm. And then uh, students, they wanted to have a registration platform for all um, members. Mm -hmm. You understand? I was then a J2EE developer, so all I knew was uh, Java, Java, and more Java. But then I didn't really know much about deployment hosting, and I realized that they had already bought their web space, and it didn't have support for uh, a a Tomcat container, so Mm. it couldn't support any of the Java technologies. Mm -hmm. And it's a shared hosting. The only thing I had available was my Apache server what does that mean? I have to learn PHP. Mm-hmm. So quickly go online, started reading about PHP to make myself useful. And in a matter of a week, I was able to put up a registration platform for Methodist Presby students union. Now I learned a skill over there. I didn't wait till after school. Yeah. So by the time you finish school, you would have had four years experience, which is very great for a, a developer that's true and if you use that four years well although you can put
1: it in your cv but <laughs>
3: <laughs> what well technically, uh, you technically yeah you, you could you know but because my my, mm-hmm. my former employer mm-hmm. he was actually very impressed when he looked at my cv i had never worked for anybody that was my first company and that was my last company i didn't work for anybody again but when you look at my cv uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Protocol Bureau, the system they used there was built by myself. Mm-hmm. If you know Petro Trust, they yes. do the pensions thing. The parser they used there was built by me. Uh, Ghana Highway Authority, the toll management system, which incorporates more than six different systems from requesting to invoicing and everything was built by myself. Okay. So all these things are on my CV. Other things, I mean, I'm building a system for clean team. Okay. Which at that, companies tried, but they were not able to deliver. You know, sometimes some people are not able to deliver because they are not good coders, but because they design or the approach to the problem. You know, the the kind of situation we have in Africa, the kind of systems people want you to develop, if you are not careful, you end up building a convoluted system because their processes are not even streamlined. As a company. As a company, exactly. So then they just put you in the jungle so confusion on top of confusion exactly. <laughs> you understand and yeah. as it stands now the company is part of uh, uh, an alliance known as uh, cs csba no container base so cbsa container based sanitation alliance and what they do is that they build a uh, household toilets for people in ghana there's one in ghana there's one in kenya uganda there's one in uh, india and in some other countries There are like nine okay Now, Ghana was the first to succeed. I mean, they tried two other software development companies and they couldn't succeed. And they contacted me through a friend, again, someone who had seen my work before. So I didn't even go for that deal. And then they contacted me and I said, okay, I'm going to do it for them. So the first one went for $24,000. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. You can't be calling some figures and just continue. Like, nothing just happened. What yeah 24 well, that's, that's dollars for status. <laughs> now they've
3: come for three change requests and then there's a last change request coming in the first change request was eight thousand dollars the next one was twelve thousand dollars wow. and then the current Woo one is ten thousand dollars which wow. i just finished deploying okay you understand we'll, we'll talk later we'll talk about yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later personally you, you, you understand so all these things is like i started on the right path maybe i got lucky Maybe, and I think I got lucky because, as I told you, I never even dreamt of being a software engineer, so I wasn't even dreaming about it, it just happened. I think God just picked me and put me in the right spot. I think because
1: I mean, also, I there's also the fact that you worked for it, you know. I I don't think it's just you know being yes, lucky, you, yes, must, you must have yeah, worked I, really I, I hard. I, I worked for know? it, yeah, so but
3: then I would have given up computing for medicine for something or chemical engineering. I see or something. what you mean. I mean, yeah. this is a
1: lot of big money you're making, um. Oh. If I'm confused, but Neil, <laughs> do you, th- I mean, I know how much devs are making in Nigeria, you know, freelance or, in fact, if you're a freelance dev, I don't want to start mentioning their handles on Twitter, but we know them, <laughs> do you understand? we all know <laughs> them, I we know how much they're making, and even yourself too, so, but if you were to come to Ghana, you've not been here long enough, I agree, you know, but if you were to come to Ghana, a society like Ghana, which isn't too different from back home, mm-hmm. ah, do you think you can actually come here and actually be a successful developer as well? Yes, I think I'll blow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I started with
2: the opportunity that I feel already exists. Yeah. I mean, people say that you don't, have, you don't know what you have till you lose it. True. Like, you wouldn't really, and I'm talking to every Ghanaian out there, you wouldn't really know exactly what you have right now till you maybe travel to somewhere like Lagos where the hustle is intense. Yeah, I mean, you have a chill life. You have power and you have internet that is crazy. Yeah, if I wanted to pull a docker container for instance now I would just pull it and go and sleep and then wake up to work on it tomorrow because it takes a long time to pull it up Yeah, so I feel there is that opportunity that, that opportunity is right there but if you take it for granted you will never really like make the most out of it because you are not seeing it as an opportunity you are seeing it as something normal but trust me it's not normal in any way <laughs> At like all. Yeah, like it's not normal it's something that should be taken advantage of and I feel um, regarding your question you asked him about start I feel um, it's up to every developer. Like, once you have a thriving dev community... The thing I like about devs is they like to build. We always like to build. So, if we have a thriving dev community here... The devs will build stuff. When they build stuff... At least if they build 100... Two or three will be good ideas. Maybe all of them are good, but let's say two or three will be successful ideas. And then you have another hundred people building another hundred, and then you start seeing companies like hotels, ng, you know springing the yes, yeah, yeah. springing up from different corners of the. Just because the dev community was thriving and a lot of ideas couldn't stay in their brains, they had to come out. You get so I think it's it starts from here right? The deaf community, they will always be the community that will thrive and move forward. And once they push that creation process, like it just Mm -hmm. goes up from there.
0: So like final question, Um, how do you think um, tech communities should interact with their, the wider communities that they live in? So maybe their neighborhoods or like the states and towns, cities, governments, like private institutions, what should be the interaction between them? Should it be, well, I'm in my space, you should come and look for me, or should it be, okay, this is what we are doing, and so pay Mm -hmm. attention?
2: Well, I think with a lot of noise, yeah, like, it's, it's hard to say, because I think this type of things are very culturally, like, dependent, but I'll talk about Nigeria, yeah? We made so much noise that it was very, very difficult for anyone to ignore anymore, and then like, I'll give you a very personal experience. Um, I, had, I attended one event, High Growth Africa, and I remember attending the event with um, Marquesian. And, like, the people that were speaking, the caliber of people that were speaking, I was like, man, maybe one <laughs> day. And, and then in November, like, just this month, I'm speaking there. Like, and I'm speaking with the same sort of people that was yeah. like, man, but now you're seeing young people like Timmy, you know, Timmy, you now. Timmy is speaking there. And these people are people that I've, I've grown accustomed to seeing in follow-up events. Like they say we were speaking in just small, but right now we're getting noticed, right? It shows that that, that hard work is beginning to pay off and they're noticing that, oh, these young guys actually, they're onto something. The last follow-up in Lagos, there was, um, I think the CIO of InterSwitch was there. Like, wow. a, a very big man, like, you know that he was like, ah, oh, <laughs> good evening, sir, like, I kind of think. And he was there, like, oh wow, so but these young boys, exactly, <laughs> yeah, Like these young boys are really doing something, so we made a lot of noise, and then we didn't even have to go and approach anybody, or, like, it just naturally came, because they, they are seeing, it. it's not like they are blind, they are seeing it, and they are saying, like, these guys are actually up to something, and they are onto it, and we are seeing the amount of people coming for it, so I think we should actually get involved now that it's still young, than just ignoring they the entire community. The community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think making the right type of noise would generally attract... I don't think you guys need to do anything that just make noise. Show, like, see the crowds who are pulling in. This follow-up was probably, like, 50, 70 people strong. The next one would be, like, 150, 200. The next one is, like, 400. And then people are like, wait, what's happening there? Yeah. You know, and then Twitter is making, like, what is happening? Who are these people? Guy, yeah, let's go and find out. And then you start seeing people coming, like, okay, we want to find out what is happening. You see companies coming, we want to sponsor. And that's how it happens okay. michael
0: words.
3: um i think that i'm really happy to be part of this whole for loop thing because as i mentioned from the beginning i wasn't really involved in any tech endeavor entrepreneurship endeavor i mean community endeavor so this is uh, a chance for me to help the best way i can the up-and-coming developers because i spent almost 10 to 11 years writing code in my room <laughs> yeah. all by myself so yeah
1: that's 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 dope that's dope that's dope uh thank you guys for coming yeah, on this you. um <laughs> even though short I mean but they they have to run so it's fine um we cannot wait to host you in December hopefully yep. there'll be there'll be a bit more yeah involved then um but thank you guys um I mean I feel Ghana has felt the baptism of Dev follow it's it was it was <laughs> it was a great event um the speakers were amazing and um i'm sure that we'll be doing a proper recap episode yeah. of what had happened and all that thank you guys for coming on board safe journey back